Welcome, welcome, everyone. Welcome back. Welcome back to our YouTube channel. Just Today kidding. we're going to talk about Girl Defined. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> we should do Okay, a, but episode. it's coming. It, it is, is coming. coming. It's coming. It's coming. I have so much to say. <laughs> it's so hard to watch them, though. Like, I don't know how people make those reaction videos because, like, maybe they don't watch the whole thing, but you get, like, 10 minutes in and you're just like someone slap these bitches <laughs> someone slap her <laughs> someone please someone slap her <laughs> it's so gross it i hate it it is terrible it is terrible i think that she just loves to be you know in an existence of shame yeah it makes her feel judgment. something yeah maybe it <laughs> makes her feel something you know most of us just bleach or cut our hair to feel things we don't have to make videos <laughs> about shaming ourselves yeah so true oh man well guys welcome to cheers to leaving i'm molly and i'm rachel and tonight we are talking about house church a subject of which we both know a lot about yes unfortunately yeah unfortunately um for those who don't know what a house church is um you probably all do but I looked up the definition just because I thought it'd be fun. Yes. Um, <laughs> the definition of a house church is an evangelical Christian congregation independent of traditional denominations and mainly or originally meeting in the private houses of its members. Thank you. That is the definition. <laughs> You're welcome. That was incredible. And it's so spot on. But so isn't that on. interesting how they said it's evangelical christians yeah just evangelical christians yeah independent of traditional denominations okay so i pulled up an article and this was this is on christianity uh, christianitytoday.com oh. um the church at home the house church movement by charles e hummel i'm just going to read the intro really quick um so the modern house church movement um, has both captured the allegiance has both captured allegiance and anxiety. I just liked that first line a lot. Oh my god! It's it house does. church makes established <laughs> churches so anxious because <laughs> they're like we're losing members. They're not tithing. They're that, hanging out in each yeah. other's houses, and they think that's good enough. And they're and not they're potlucking, and they're sharing their feelings. <laughs> their leg hands are interpreting other. the bible <laughs> without a pastor without a pastor what is this madness um so basically house church so i feel like the modern i don't feel like i know this <laughs> modern like. christianity modern evangelicalism house church mm. um is they like to call themselves new testament churches like they're very new testament because this is how the early church in the book of like acts and romans this is how they met they met in their houses and broke bread they ate together and um fellowshiped together and sang songs together and read paul's letters where he talked about how much he hates women <laughs> together mm -hmm. <laughs> so basically our the churches we grew up in were mimicking this same kind of gathering Yes. Yeah. They were basing it off Paul. And I bet Paul was writing to a church of like less than 50 people. Oh, yeah. I mean, these were tiny, Little tiny gatherings. Churches. I know there was a couple of, um, I remember there were, there was like a couple of, of them that had just like a couple members, you know, like maybe five members, super, yeah. super small hidden gatherings because being a Christian was highly illegal. So yeah, they were like, until in Rome hiding. was like, oh my God, it's trending. <laughs> let's, uh, let's like remake all of society and become Christians. It's trending. Yeah. Well, that wasn't there yet. That was like the Constantine Empire during the yeah. early church, the early church days, Rachel, the early church days. It was what still illegal. And so they were like martyrs for God, which is so oh, sexy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so sexy. Love that journey for me. Yeah. Like Christians would straight up like 
be hustled up like in um the holocaust essentially like it's just mm -hmm. it's just a mass execution of people who believe a different faith than what the you know the common thing is mm -hmm. but this was yeah like government ordinanced was yeah. basically happening so um modern day christians like to take that martyrdom and be like we Shove want to be persecuted face. yeah we want to be persecuted or like they just like find per being persecuted so romantic <laughs> it's part Which of the identity of being a christian that much different than um i'm blanking on it is it muslim yeah oh where they okay. do like the suicide yeah yeah i just Su don't see how they like don't see bombs. how it's not different it's the same it's the same shit <laughs> The same shit the same thing but, they just they're doing it a little bit more aggressively that's all yeah but i mean i mean christians can take it pretty aggressive man oh my goodness i do need to catch up on righteous gemstones they take it hard they are hard for jesus that is a <laughs> that is a, How a rock and roll they? show they are pretty rock hard. and roll for god <laughs> yeah it's that's yeah. about a mega church that's not about a house church yeah I'm trying to the, think of any movies I've seen like have a good depiction of house church. It don't really, it's not, not commonly I've seen. seen. Yeah. No, most not. of the time it's about like a building, like an, a, an establishment that is a church. I've never really seen much about house churches. Yeah. Cause I, I feel like for me, cause I grew up in house church my whole life. I um, mean, we would, my parents would like plant churches. So they would start house churches all over the place. Mm -hmm. And, um, so I thought it was like a common thing that everyone went to church this way in their neighbor's house and sat on their neighbor's kitchen too. floor with all of their friends and sing songs to Jesus to an acoustic guitar. <laughs> I thought that was super normal, that super normal way to spend your Sunday. description of what a house church is. <laughs> You're sitting like, okay, if I could give an even more accurate description of like what my house church experience was. And now I had a few, but this was my American one. Okay. The Mexican one when we were in Mexico was slightly different because of cultural stuff. But mm -hmm. um the American one, we would gather on Sunday mornings and we would um always be in like the biggest part of someone's house. So it was either their basement or their living room or their kitchen. And we'd all be sitting in a circle or crowded in there as best we could. Kids are all on the floor, parents are all in chairs. There's at least one acoustic guitar and at least one tambourine. And there's yeah. a bunch of like little instruments just thrown in the middle for the kids to play. Like, and we sing songs from the vineyard. And um, it's all like vineyard worship songs and Keith mm -hmm. Green and all of that. And um, then someone pulls their Bible out and just starts speaking the word, you know, being mm -hmm. led by the spirit. And, uh, and then somebody else contributes and it's supposed to be this like really beautiful thing that happens. We're just led by God and, um, and who knows how long worship's going to last, who knows how long we're going to be sitting there. It's never, might we never hours, know. Might be days. <laughs> it, sometimes it is days. I've definitely been in a service that lasted like a day, <laughs> a whole day. Like, and then like, sometimes the spirit to lead. You know, did the we'll kids just, have we'll to sit or did you guys have Sunday school? Um, when it was in someone's house, because our church bounced, it started as a house church, went to a building and then back to a house church because it okay. grew. So when we were in a building, we would have Sunday school. I think, I think they tried to have Sunday school like upstairs or whatever at one point, but most of the time the kids had to sit and were like really distracting and running all over the place. Yeah, we, we tried to do Sunday school. Um, I remember we would have phases of time where we would do Sunday school and the mm -hmm. kids would, once the, once the adults start talking and pulling their Bibles out and the, the singing has stopped, yeah. um, we would have Sunday school. But we never knew how long we were going to be there for. Mm -hmm. So it was always just like an unestimated amount of time that you had to prepare for. And I remember bringing like activities to do. And I, was, I would bring a book. That wasn't my Bible. <laughs> I would bring um, coloring things, like I like even as like a young, like a preteen, just because it was yeah. like we we're we we're going to be in church for forever. It was like a whole day thing. And then we yeah. eat after the parents decide that they're done. Mm -hmm. We'll have another little round of worship, and then we'll eat. Yep. And everybody brings food too. 
Yeah. And like that sweet, like that potato salad would be like sitting on the counter for like however long the service was. So gross. Yeah. Nasty. But I mean, there was good food. I remember eating a lot of really good food. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that wasn't too far off from what we did essentially. Um, Sometimes we would have lots of people that um, could play instruments. So sometimes we'd have a piano, an acoustic guitar, another acoustic guitar. And then eventually they like got a whole drum set in their living room. Oh, dang. Let me just say it's too much for one living room. (laughs) And for a house church where it's like, like like 20 people crowded in that tiny living room. No, literally. I was like, why do we have drums? (laughs) This is like, it was so loud. That's so funny. Yeah. So sometimes the instruments would get a little crazy. Um, they would always start late. Always. Yeah. Always start late. Started on time. Like we'd get there 30 minutes late and they still hadn't started. (laughs) Yeah. That's, and then, then it's like that unestimated amount of time that you're going to be there. And you're just like, yeah, my whole day is gone. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause you wouldn't leave till like three Mm -hmm. or four or later. Yeah. Or later you get there like late morning. Then yeah. you'd worship for however long the pastor Sometimes would talk for like... however long. So you had a pastor though. Mm-hmm. That was different from me. I didn't, we didn't have a pastor. My I dad was dad like, was he was like the, the facilitator. You're the chosen one. He was the, the facilitator. Isn't that the same kind of thing? Someone I, decides that they're going to facilitate and talk this about this community. He's like, I'm going to facilitate this community ordained? and create this space. He is, and he was okay. a pastor, but I think he was just kind of like, I have the last say, but I'm not going to lead every discussion. Other people sure. will lead. So, I would still say he was the pastor, though. Right. He went to like, the- theology him- school, right? Like, he yeah, to, he was like seminary. the more educated. Yeah. He was like Paul. Okay. I think he saw himself as like Paul. <laughs> A little bit. He was a missionary, Paul. you know. He, yeah, yeah. I think I think he saw himself in you know in Paul. I wouldn't be. So he didn't. That. Maybe he wanted to be like Paul and not necessarily like a pastor, but like someone like, who writes wisdom to the churches. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Essentially, and then gets misconstrued as God's word. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah. I, I don't know if his ego was that big when he was doing it. I'm not sure. Um, I was very young. I don't really know. Um, was very unaware. <laughs> I was just like, I am here. <laughs> I'm existing. When do we eat? Yeah. I'm ready to eat. I was always hungry, always ready to eat. I was always, always getting in move. trouble. Yeah. Oh my God. Cause I, um, I am a mover. Okay. I was, um, I'm a mover. I have to move my body. Even in massage school, in lecture halls, I would like stand up and pace. <laughs> <laughs> like stretch on the floor, <laughs> like gotta move. So mm-hmm. being a small child sitting in the middle and having to like sit crisscross applesauce very quietly and still for a long time is hard. Yes. So yeah, I would get up and is. twirl and do things and get in lots of trouble. Mm-hmm. My mom would be like, get over here. <laughs> if my like dad, chaos. if you had to sit by my dad during worship, you were being bad. Yes. Like pull us. He would be playing yes. the guitar and have his harmonica hooked up to his mouth. And he oh, would have one nice. of us kids on one leg, like basically mm-hmm. sitting underneath him. Like if we were bad, that's where we had to sit was right yep. by dad. All eyes were on us at mm-hmm. all times. I remember that too. That definitely happened. It wasn't just his kids though. It was any kids that would act up. Oh man. He, was, go sit by he was the daddy <laughs> of them all. <laughs> Well, you already know Christians have a daddy complex. (laughs) They do. do. It is funny to me that like, as much as my dad was like, I am not the pastor. We do not have a pastor. He was most definitely like the leader. Yeah. I think everyone was probably looking to him to lead. I mean, well, every time we would leave the church, we would like leave it. He would, he thought he was leaving them in working order and we would move to like another place and start a new church and they would always fall apart Mm -hmm. and everyone would just join established churches. Yeah. And it was like this big, um, betrayal (laughs) that they returned to a church in a building. (laughs) And there was like like this stigma of just like oh people who go to church and buildings like they're not there for real fellowship we, we don't need a we don't need a building to be with god and communion yep. with god we uh-huh. just need each other <laughs> we don't need the attitude walls. is <laughs> so strong 
<laughs> I do remember feeling that way too. I've never been able to like set foot in like a big church since being raised in a house church. When I did, excuse me, eventually leave um, my house church, I wasn't like not a Christian anymore. I had just like wanted to be more progressive, you know, and mm-hmm. like try out the with, bigger churches, try out the bigger churches. Couldn't hang. So I eventually found another house church that was in like downtown Kansas City. And eventually that dissolved too. So yeah, yeah I just, I don't know. I, I just don't I think I could really handle it. I never really returned after my last house church in Mexico. I was pretty checked out at that point. It was like my last couple of years of high school. I was really over it. Just like there because I was obligated to be there. Um, I did try a mega church in college. I went like twice. Um, the guy who Rob Bell, his church, who wrote okay. Love Wins. Yeah. Yeah. So I went to his church in Grand Rapids, Michigan. And it was cool. I had never been to a mega church before. And I'm like, this is dope. They have like a full blown rock band. This is really cool. Right. All the lights. The and stages. the lights. We're yeah. like in a shopping mall. And like the like we're like around the podium. So like we're all sitting around it and like the uh-huh. pastor comes up and it's like it rises and there's like dry ice it's kind of dope all the projectors come down they're showing a fucking movie listen (laughs) it was lit okay (laughs) so I was like this is so cool but then I just was like it's effort (laughs) yeah it's it's so interesting to me how like non-house churches are so showy I mean I'm sure there's like psychology behind it but they all do it we um I've been to a lot of different kinds of churches because when we would come back to the United States, my dad would have to preach in all these Southern Baptist churches across Mm. Illinois because they were like giving us money. (laughs) So we would visit all these dying Southern Baptist churches. And Mm -hmm. I just remember it was like always the same. You like walk in there with these two old people by the door, shaking everybody's hand and handing them little pamphlets if, if they even have one. And it's a dying church. So there's maybe like 50 people in there. And mm-hmm. in this like big building, <laughs> you're like 50 yeah. people. And um, the music was always terrible. Uh, there was always like really dirty carpet. Um, <laughs> I just, I'm just like remembering like odd things about these old churches. Um, they were very outdated. Sometimes like my dad was, is a good speaker. So like, it was always a good teaching. Um, he's a very good speaker. He draws you in. And so even though it was like, that's my dad, like I was still like drawn in by it. And so I wasn't like bored during the sermon or anything, but I'm sure like those churches had some sleepy sermons. Oh yeah. They're regular pastors. Pastors that are on like, that are not actually at the church. Like, you know, like the, the pastors on like the projector. There's (laughs) a lot of that now. Oh, really? Yeah, where there's like virtual pastors, like they are in another state, but they like come live. It's like a Zoom call, essentially. Oh yeah, well they were doing that a lot during the pandemic. I feel like, like no, this I, was before that. Oh really? Mm-hmm. I didn't know that people. But did yeah, that. I'm sure it ramped up. I'm sure pandemic. house churches would do that, like where they would like all tune in in somebody's living room to a pastor. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, I'm sure that's a version of house church. Like yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. I've been in some weird, interesting gatherings. Mm-hmm. that were like churchy oh like okay did you ever go to like events where like you were pretty sure it was gonna turn churchy but like it wasn't a church event but then it always turned churchy yeah like you're just Anytime going over to get, someone's like, house yeah for the fourth yeah. of july and all of a sudden mm-hmm. you're sitting in a house church service yeah that would happen like someone would just pull the guitar out next thing you know we're singing worship songs and someone's passing out the song books <laughs> yeah or someone's like i need prayer or whatever and then there's like a group of people like laying hands on someone and then everyone like has to have a moment of silence and then they all take turns praying out loud for that person and we're like I thought this was a party <laughs> I was just coming to no swim. one wants to hear about your problems Janet I was just here Save for, the it for the next church service <laughs> I do it's remember a Saturday that. not a Sunday <laughs> Well, you know, so I tried my hand, I posted about it on Instagram, but I've never talked about it on the podcast, but, um, last December, my mom invited me to a quote unquote Christmas party and it was at this building, but they don't always use it for church services. You know, they do, but they use it for other things too. And I was like, okay, so is it like a Christmas party or is it a Christmas service? And she was like, no, 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 it's a Christmas party. You know, we're just going to like eat 
and like hang out and have fun. And I was like, she was like, I want you to come. And I was like home alone. You know, my husband was gone. My daughter Mm -hmm. was gone and I had nothing else to do that night. So I was like, meh, okay, I'll try it. So, um, I got dressed up and I got there and everyone was just eating. And like, I was seeing people I hadn't seen in a while. And I was Mm -hmm. just saying, Hey, and I was like, okay, this is fine. I can do this. You know, nothing was churchy. Right. And then all of a sudden (laughs) they were like, okay, we're going to sing Christmas songs. And I was like, okay, all right, Carolyn. Cool. 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 Um, not Christmas songs. None of them was caroling. (laughs) It was all like straight up worship went straight up into worship. The pastor's wife got up there, starts reading like the story of Jesus and all this stuff. And I was just sitting there and then they would go back into worship. And I was like, I, I ended up leaving. Cause I was like, okay, well, this is clearly all this is going to be. And I just felt really triggered by worship song after worship song. So I told mom, I was like this, I thought you said this was a Christmas party. And she goes, well, Rachel, Christmas is about Jesus. And I was like, all right, I'm out. And then I went to a bar and I had a drink. Brand. (laughs) She was. She was like, I didn't lie to you. And I was like, you did. (laughs) You knew what I meant when I said, is it a service or is it a party? Yeah. Yeah. She was trying to trick you into going to church. No. (laughs) I have been to church a few times since like leaving, I guess, just to like hear my dad speak. And it's been fine. It's just, I don't know. It's interesting after leaving it and coming back, the worship seems kind of cheesy. And I'm sure like I haven't been back to like house church since I was in high school. And I feel like that would be way cheesier than like yeah. established Well, church. yeah. The, yeah. I think it's just it's we listen cheesy. to the worship song words now and it's all about how we're literal trash. And God is so great for being nice to us and forgiving us for being trash, even though he made us trash. Like that's all I hear when we sing worship. <laughs> it's just, it just doesn't make sense. It doesn't, and so that's why I'm just like listening. And the, and and the worship like, singers just like up there looking all happy and excited and innocent and like, smiley, yeah. and they're just and oh, I'm like, yes, God, <laughs> yes, God, yes. Thank you for making me feel shame every day. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. I I can't listen to christian and, but then like anymore. the services that do like the special music where they'll like turn the tape recorder on and one lady will get up from the congregation mm, and she'll sing yeah. a special song special <laughs> song just for you guys and it will be like some contemporary worship song that's not quite a worship song but it's like a christian song but like it could be <clears throat> interpreted as like about god there was like a light it's always very emotional or, <gasps> Do you remember that? a lot of lighthouse songs. Do you remember the lighthouse skit? Dude, yes. The lighthouse. If it's the one we're talking about. It's not I'll lighthouse. It's it. lifehouse. Sorry. You're right. It's lighthouse. lifehouse. Okay. This is how long but I'm it's pretty been. sure there was a song that wasn't technically a Christian song, but they took it and man, they ran with it. Yeah. It was the one they made into the skit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the skit. The, let's talk through the. Okay. Let's just talk about the skit. Can we talk about the skit? <laughs> yes, we can. Because at one point I was like so passionate about all of that in high school that I was like, I need to put oh my the God. skit on. Me too. I wanted to star in the skit. I wanted the skit to happen. Did. Of course. But, it, but we, we didn't did. have enough youth in our church to do the skit. Same. And yes. we didn't have a good Or direct. people that even wanted, that were interested in doing it. Because the skit was deep. It was really deep. It was really it dark, was. and it was we adult, all wanted it was a daddy adult to themes. Save us. It was adult themes. Okay, it was like yeah. They would was. give you that warning. They'd be like, "This is for people thirteen and up. There are mm-hmm. adult themes in this skit." <laughs> thirteen. This is parental guidance. Um, and it was it was that song from Lifehouse. What was the name I'm of the YouTubing song? YouTubing it right now. Okay, we can't play it on the on the podcast. No, I'm not gonna. We'll I'm not gonna play it. I'm okay. just gonna look it up. Lifehouse skit 2000s. <laughs> no, I f- all you do is type in Lifehouse skit. Oh my! Um, God. It's called everything. Yeah, of course. <laughs> the, it's okay, called everything. the everything skit. So the everything skit starts. There's so with, many on here. Oh so my God! On YouTube. <laughs> okay, so basically, there's like this girl, and she's like young and innocent and wonderful, and she loves Jesus, and Jesus is like her sexy boyfriend in the beginning. Do you remember? He was like, yeah, all like touching her hair and like gives her a like, kiss, like daddy. Yeah, mm, daddy, daddy God, vibes. daddy God. 
okay, so that's Jesus, right? And so she has this beautiful, little, innocent, pure relationship with God. Yeah, and he's like showing her the world. He's like, how pretty. I made it all for you. Be happy and joyful. Mm -hmm. And then she, um, I just realized this skit is so contradictory to the whole concept of original sin, but I'll get into that in a second. Um, But then she She meets somebody and she gets tempted by all of these demons and they tempt her with things like drugs. And there was like a bulimia one where she was like, you're fat, you need to throw up. (laughs) And each person kept like pushing Jesus away the more they like, you know what I mean? Like they kept being like, oh. I think the first guy was like a romantic relationship. Yeah, there was like a romantic relationship and he breaks can't her heart. Have that. Yeah, yeah, no, purity culture. We can't have in a romantic relationship. Oh, dude, they even used God. a flower in this skit. I'm oh watching my God. I'm silent because I don't Stop. remember what any of the sins are. Okay, so then. One is like drugs. One is drugs. One is alcohol. One is the boy. One is the bulimia and like eating disorder. Um. I oh, don't... and then it it gets real dark. It ends in her trying to or attempting to kill herself. Yeah. Okay. So she tries to fucking kill herself. They're showing this. They like hand the... her a gun. There's yeah. No, they're literally doing this at church. Like this is the kind of shit that the teens. Are oh, they performing. got a whole scene about cutting. I forgot about this. Oh my god, dude. This is so like. So, can you imagine yeah. being a young person who like maybe is struggling with something that is in this skit? And you're watching this skit and they're fucking And their doing solution it is like, th- you're sinning and you need God. Yeah, look, she's yeah. about to like straight up kill herself with Yeah, they, like, this yeah. is not cool. There was a gun. There was, yeah, suicide, cutting, um, drinking and driving and all the things. Did she get an abortion? No. Okay. That's that taboo, Molly. We don't talk about that. That would have been a lot. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, it would have so been anyway, sense if they just had her get pregnant at least. She gets redeemed. Yeah, and how. then is back with daddy god in the garden of eden and that's oh yeah started. and then she like the re- the way she gets redeemed is like she starts running towards jesus but all the demons are like grabbing her and keeping yeah her and she's from like being that. pulled and there's like yep. a tug of war thing and going like, back and forth yeah and, and jesus all is I pulling want. her with her everything everything yeah and then, so then she like gets that dark shirt off and then she's in white and she falls into Jesus' arms. She's like, oh, I'm redeemed. I'm pure now. Yeah. It's who the fuck came up with this? <laughs> I don't know, but I've saw it like seven different times at like seven different kinds of Christian gatherings. Yeah. They were doing it at, at like the youth group. They would do it at the talent show, at, like any kind of like mission meeting thing we went to, they would do it like at church. Um, I saw it like street, street evangelism group was doing this skit i'm like this is this is a lot (laughs) there's a lot happening i remember always feeling really really emotional during this skit like watching it made me feel incredibly emotional and like upset and i loved that song and lifehouse was like we love the idea of like being saved yeah i think it's probably why i have like that whole complex in my dating Mm -hmm. life but anyway we're not gonna talk about that today (laughs) Not today. <laughs> it's not. But yeah, it was a very attractive, like, thing to watch because yes. we were always told that, like, you know, Jesus was this beautiful character in our minds and that he was here to advocate for us and save us and all this stuff. And so I think that's why we all just really related. Plus, we were like teenage angst. Oh my God. We all were teenagers. And it's like your emotions are already like, flying at that mm-hmm. point and you're trying to stay pure and like righteous so. <laughs> and you're in shame <laughs> and you're in shame because you want all of those things but it's have. just funny how like they're like um all of this can one be done well you can be in a relationship with someone and not have it end horribly mm-hmm. um or sometimes it does that's just life or like you can drink you can do drugs and it doesn't mean that you're gonna like end up wanting to die you know it's so weird it is so crazy too like the levels of like uh sheltered like we were what like we were super sheltered and i'm just thinking about the level like of how, sheltered that we were yeah, yeah yeah we were like really sheltered and like that skit was like borderline like rated r for us mm-hmm. to watch 
but like we were allowed to watch it because it was our friends who were putting it on but like it was also like anything that scares us into obeying I feel like we were allowed to watch you know like think about left behind and um hell's gates or what was that one there was another huge play going around it was like 10 years before the lifehouse one but it was i remember angels gates hell's flames or something hell's i'm so i didn't see that one but i did see one we were in mexico when we went to this like there was like this christian and christmas extravaganza thing fair Mm -hmm. happening in the mountains and so we drove like two hours to it this big huge group of churches put together a carnival it was really cool it was in the mountains it was like beautiful up there um we went at christmas it was it was very cold i remember being really really cold and underdressed for it um but we went and we saw like this play it was like a 30 minute play Mm -hmm. and it was about this family that like got in a car accident and like some of the members of the family like went to hell and then i think that is a part of it they might not have done the full play but i think that's that's yeah and then there was like also um it was like also the story of jesus they did like it was like a weird skit i don't really know how the modern day family worked its way into it i I don't know what happened but essentially like they did the nativity but from the demon's point of view what it was weird dude i just remember all these demons running around the stage and like (laughs) it was fucking weird then i blacked out yeah understandable (laughs) oh man you're like i want to push this away from my mind i was like i don't know what's happening this is not in my language (laughs) do you ever feel like the evangelical curse curse (laughs) it is that too Freudian slip, evangelical <laughs> curse. <laughs> I'm not wrong. Um, the evangelical church is like somehow like a little bit obsessed with like demons because I feel like they talk about them a lot. They got a demon kink. It was a shame yeah. kink last week. It's demon kinks this week. It is. It's demon kinks because they're always upset with upset. Wow, obsessed with spiritual warfare. Oh yeah. About how like there's angels and demons constantly fighting all around you. Mm-hmm. Like that was definitely a thing. And yeah, demons like, are always watching and trying to demons, tempt me. Mm-hmm. I'm like, mm, it just sounds like you don't want to take personal accountability for your humanness. Yeah, exactly. Uh, As we drink, cheers to that. <laughs> cheers. Well, are you I'm drinking, drinking water? water. Yeah, so it's water. Yeah, you're drinking La fancy, <laughs> fancy La crotch. water. La crotch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what was yeah. your least favorite part of growing up in a house church? I don't know. I think as a small child, I liked it. Mm-hmm. Um, as I got older, there was things that I probably would have liked to have done, like like sang on the worship team yeah. or, you know, just had more opportunities for things like that. Um, oh, in a bigger more church. people. Yeah. 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 Things that I didn't like about house church because, um, plus they like, we just didn't have cool youth group stuff. And eventually the youth group kind of just like went off to the wayside when like the youth pastor, like just upped and quit. Um, so I don't know. Also, there was just a lot of weird people in my house church, particularly because like I said, uh, a couple weeks ago, our pastor was kind of like obsessed with helping like really weird, broken people, which like I have is had fine, but like our entire church was just full of them. And I was like, <laughs> not all of them were safe. Some of them would have like straight up breakdown. Like it was just like weird. It's like, why are you upset? Like, why are you obsessed with me? <laughs> why are you obsessed with me? Like, and again, I'm not saying like that those people are bad. I just wish it was a little bit more balanced because then like <laughs> I don't know <laughs> I go what's your least favorite part about house church and you're like my pastor would bring in all these weird people <laughs> yeah dude no well, I, I I believe you there was always was one person in every house church that we had that would always invite his weird ass creepy ass friends we were in so many house churches growing up but there's someone who just recently every, got off drugs every like, church has this person who brings in all their friends and their friends aren't all there and it's mm-hmm. okay everyone's welcome but house church yeah. is incredibly intimate you're in some somebody's house like maybe not yeah. the place to bring your friend who's like a crackhead 
Yeah. And I <laughs> think that's my point. Children. I'm like, it's so close. There's so little people. It's such a tight bubble that it's like, it, it just, it gets weird after a while. And to, because of your parents, like commitment to this house church, you're like forced to be around these people. And it's like, I don't know. I just, I always thought it was incredibly strange and a lot, we had a lot of turnover too, because these people would like come in and like get what they wanted or get cleaned up or, you know, get back on their feet and then like leave again to go do that same shit. Yeah. So I I saw that happen a lot. I feel like house church kind of puts you front and center to watch that kind of thing happen. Yeah. I'm not saying it doesn't happen in bigger churches, but it's like, it's your small child witnessing this kind of thing over and over and over again. And it's honestly like, I saw more, I had more exposure to like alcoholism and drug addiction and, um, like sexual predatory behaviors by being in a house church than Mm -hmm. I probably would have experienced being in a regular church. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like to a lot more. It wasn't like positive aspects on those either. It was only the negatives and your parents would only speak negatively about all of those things. And you would just see how it ruined and destroyed lives. So like, but it would be like in you, there'd be there, like you knew them, Mm -hmm. which would make it more impactful more so impactful because you knew yeah. these people or you knew the kids or yeah. you know it oh, just man, hard yeah I it brought in I guess I would say broken. lack of boundaries lack of yeah. structure lack of well, they were using uh, accountability it as, they were using it as therapy and like you right. can't use house church therapy house church is the last place to go for therapy oh no 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 Molly God and prayer heals anything <laughs> <laughs> you don't right. need a therapist or an addiction. My theology is off. My theology is off. You're right. No, it's so true. Like they definitely use it as therapy. And I think these people like didn't actually deal with the real actual demons in their life and their past. And I'm not, I don't mean that in a Christian way. I just mean like the real shit that they actually need to go to a therapist for. So like, right. I, I feel like that's why it didn't last for them because we weren't addressing the actual problem. We were just like, you're a sinner. You need to be saved. Once you're saved, God will like make it all better and take all this away and from you, you know? And it's like, no, actually they need some actual help. So what, how did you guys do baptism? Lakes. Okay. We did lakes, ponds, but my favorite was the baby pools where if someone would put a baby pool up in their garage and okay so like we did the baby pools a lot in Mexico so the way it was set up was people had like these outdoor like patios that were like kind of like garages basically but it's like Mm -hmm. uncovered and they would put the baby pool out there and um the leaders of the church or the people who were like closest to the person getting baptized who like led them to God like get in the pool with them and everyone's in the pool like up to their shins the person sits down in the baby pool in the baby pool the person sits down and then everyone collectively dunks them down underneath the water oh. in the baby pool i have pictures dude oh my god we should use one of the pictures Go find the, the cover. pictures i was I searching find for the some earlier today i, found I have some, it but yeah. i have a whole video i have a whole video on facebook on facebook <laughs> of like baptisms from my house church dude yeah from high school yep. it's my bat i think my little sister is getting baptized in one of them. I know there's one of me. I, cause nice. I got baptized twice. I got baptized when I was six and then I got baptized when I was 14. At the age of accountability. Yeah. Right. When I entered purity culture. Yeah. That's really funny. Um, no, we usually had like the pastor and we'd go out to lakes is pretty much all we ever did. And we'd all stand on the shore and they'd go out with the pastor and maybe like another man mm-hmm. or, you know, maybe, maybe two other people. And, um, yeah, they would just do the little ditty and then he'd dunk them <laughs> and <laughs> we'd come back ditty. and we'd eat food. And we'd be like, yay, look at you. Oh yeah. You're so pure. It was a big, big celebration. Yeah. Um, it's funny though, because you should tell Jonathan that you guys also did lakes. Cause I told him that we did baptisms in lakes and he was like, looked at me like I was on something like, Dude, what? I and I'm like, owned it. May 20. Oh, it's so official. <laughs> See how they're all crowded around one uh-huh. person. Oh yeah. Oh my God. That would freak me out. If like 
yeah, people there was like 10 people in the baby pool. I'd be like, get away from me. Handing over you and pushing you down into the water. How do you know when to let them up? <laughs> I don't know. You just junk them. <laughs> but then we got like this baptismal and we resealed it. And it was in our house for a long ass time, this baptismal. Okay, so it wasn't a baptismal. It was an old gas tank. So basically <laughs> in Mexico, you have these tanks up on the top of your house. That they fill with gas every month and then that's your house gas your natural gas line is on top of your house super flammable yeah, yeah um, a good way to start so a it was an old gas tank that they had cut in half and turned it into a baptismal <laughs> they resealed it and for the longest time it was hanging out in our garage which is kind of like an outdoor patio and i was like obsessed with lord of the rings at the time and so yes. me and my little sister would play lord of the rings and we'd use the baptismal as Sheila's cave <laughs> we're like Frodo and Sam. That's awesome. <laughs> We'd hide under it. <laughs> and then we baptize wow. people with it. <laughs> so many uses. I guess I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna share this to the group. <laughs> you should share that and I'll try to find some photos too. But that's so funny. Yes. Oh yeah. Baptisms were such a weird thing, especially because they weren't so like forced upon us. Like, you know how some who who's the people like oh they have to be baptized or they're going to hell who what denomination is that uh i think that's every denomination it's like you're not fully saved unless you get baptized i don't feel like our church ever was like you there's ones where like you haven't been baptized like asking god into your heart was enough it's no we had to get i mean it wasn't like you're gonna go to hell but that was like stealing fucking deal like if you didn't yeah it wasn't ours was definitely stealing the stealing sealing the deal but like i didn't feel like there was hardcore about it as other denominations if that makes sense yeah i just i find it a little i'm like looking at this picture of all of us baptizing this small child and i'm just like oh god (laughs) there's like 10 or 12 hands on him like going underwater i mean that's not much different than getting prayer i guess dude okay being paid for <laughs> was I the always, worst i hated it i hated it and i hated being all those sweaty so hands on your body uh, and like and some had like huge amounts of pressure and you're like why are you pushing it me? down on your head <laughs> I will rebuke the demons inside you. Or they'd bring out olive oil and rub it in your hair. Dude, yes. Or like up in your scalp. So then you just come away like a greasy mess. <laughs> like a, a sweaty, chip. greasy mess. Sweaty potato chip. And then, yeah, everyone's praying over you. And like some people pray for a really, really long time and spit when they pray. And it's like oh, getting all And over they get real close to your face. And everyone's like hovering like, over you. I feel like for- God's telling me to tell you this. And I'm like, like, I have sensory issues, man. Don't get too fucking close to me. Like that is, I'm claustrophobic. I'm going to freak out. So I just remember being in like high anxiety and kind of praying that it was going to end soon. It never did. No, it always went on and on my friend. There was one time when we were in house church and we were praying over this lady and she was an alcoholic and they were casting out her demon of alcoholism and she threw up. And they're like, that was the demon. The demon left her. Oh my God. I was like, no, she was wasted. And you guys were crowding, overcrowding her, and she got hot. <laughs> she got real sweaty and uncomfortable. <laughs> you did this. And puked. But yeah, that was the demon exiting her body. It was the puke, That's, I guess. It's so funny to me that like people don't have logic when they say things like that. Like, actually, no, there's a very logical explanation to this. And if you just like, weren't so brainwashed you would just see it right in front of your I just don't know if our brains were equipped to think about the world in that way like I think about the world in a much more holistic way than I used to as a kid like when I was a kid it was very black and white it was like anything that was uh, beyond my explanation was had to be God yeah divine intervention yeah that's true when you see when you're looking through the like at the world through that lens constantly yeah I guess that makes sense you you like turn off the critical thinking skills in your brain, yeah. essentially. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, um, ooh, should we, how much time do we have left? Do we have 15, 20 minutes? Yeah, we can okay. do 15. Yeah. Okay. So slight subject change. However, something interesting today. 
I, I posted about intuition mm-hmm. and we got some really cool it. responses. Yeah. But okay. So I accidentally posted it to my personal Facebook page <laughs> and nice. I still have people who are Christians on my personal Facebook page. Mm-hmm. And now for the record to our listeners, I post a lot, all of this shit in our Facebook group. I don't post this like anti-Christian propaganda on my personal page. (laughs) It's professional there. Only memes about the war. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. Is it still um, up or did you take it down? No, I kept it up because I got some really interesting comments. Um, Well, one girl, I I didn't know that she was like a Christian, but her top comment she basically but my whole thing was in christianity you're taught not to trust your intuition because you know you're supposed to trust god and follow his direction and rely on him and the bible and god's teachers your pastors your church leaders your deacons and deaconesses whatever um and then i was like you know how are like how are you how do you trust your intuition like basically like tell me about what your relationship to your intuition is and um one person wrote underneath it and she's like a good friend of mine so like I'm not dissing her or anything it was just an interesting perspective where she feels like her intuition is God just moving her her toward his plan and so when she trusts her intuition she's being rewarded by God because it's moving her closer to his plan because it's his way of speaking to her Wow, she did a lot of mental flips for that one, didn't she? Yeah. She's like, how do I how do I make this biblical? How do I make my intuition God's intuition? That's interesting. I haven't heard that one before, but that was an interesting one. So I thought that was because we talk about intuition a lot. And I thought that was mm-hmm. an interesting take from someone who is still like a believer. Yep. She's she's still In making it work. Yeah, she's still deep in the <laughs> she's fold. in the fold and she's still trying to lie to herself. So yeah. I think but. for some people it, like it's really just at this point an identity thing. Yeah. Cause oh, I don't yeah. see I don't see these people going to church. I don't see them participating in communities of faith. I don't see them oh, so she's, in ministry. She's on her way out, probably. I don't know. Like she has I don't see her going to church or anything like that. I'm sure she goes to church when there's a baptism or whatever, but holidays yeah but it but it's like I don't I don't know so I didn't really expect that from her and I think maybe um sometimes it's just it's been a part of your identity for so long that you're not gonna let it go and you're just like this is just what I believe that this is my intuition is directly linked to God and God's plan on my life like okay that's cool that creeps me out a lot it was a little creepy (laughs) but okay (laughs) It's Creeps. a little creepy, but you do you. <laughs> you do you, sweetie. <laughs> Whatever you need to tell yourself, okay? Like winking at her, being like, I know. I know you're on your way out. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, mm, I know you're living in sin. I know you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. You can't true. tell that to someone, though, who is, um, you can't tell that to someone who's still a technically, quote unquote, practicing Christian who is quote unquote living in sin. You can't tell them they're living in sin because they will come up with every excuse in the book for why they, what they're doing is okay for them. But also we don't believe in sin. So we're just pulling your leg to begin with. I remember uh, right (laughs) when I was like getting extradited from my family of origins home uh, at the ripe old age (laughs) of 18, 18 or 19. I think it was like 19. Um, my dad was like, you can't call yourself a Christian. You haven't been to church in this long. You don't live like a Christian. You can't call yourself a Christian. And I was like, well, you're right. <laughs> you're like, huh, that's a good point. Thanks, dad. <laughs> you're not wrong there. <laughs> can't argue with the other, yeah, there, Pops. That's but, funny. It's but almost like I think it will still... compel you to be a, a good Christian. Well, here, here's the kicker. I was still convinced I was a Christian. So it's like, that's not true. I'm still a Christian. Yeah. We got really defensive and upset yeah. and was like, you can't take that identity away from me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who I am without it. You gave it to me. You don't take it away. <laughs> yeah. 
That is like the biggest kicker, I think, of leaving the church, though, is the identity crisis that you have at the ripe age of not very old. (laughs) (laughs) The ripe age of not very old. Yeah, Yeah. the identity, the loss of identity. And you're going to keep going through those identity deaths, the ego deaths over and over and over again throughout your adulthood. And sure, because like what is. But generally you build upon it, not like knock it all the way down and <laughs> unless you do a lot the of way over unless you unless, do a lot of plant medicine <laughs> yeah unless you continually <laughs> try to like kill your ego once a week then <laughs> you might do that but it's more I'm like saying, every couple of years but yeah get my drift <laughs> i feel like we go through like when when people say like midlife crisis i get it like there's definitely i i think the loss of of youth and coming to that realization that life is like really, really changed since you were like in your twenties and Mm thirties is a normal phenomenon. And I think some people handle it better than others, but I I think it's weird to have one. I mean, in your twenties is sort of a weird time where you're just like figuring out life anyway, but I feel like generally you've gotten a lot of stuff out of your system and, and, and really had time to explore things and figure things out in your teenage years versus like, if you were an evangelical Christian, you didn't have time for any of that because like you weren't supposed to focus on yourself and so when you finally do confront that you kind of like have to re-enter your teenage phase a little bit and yeah figure out some stuff and it gets a little weird sometimes but yeah yeah about the re-entering your uh, teenage phase (laughs) a late seriously though I mean like the angst and everything (laughs) you know what's crazy to me is I am two years away from being 30 and mm-hmm. I am like, oh my God, I feel like I'm in high school <laughs> with life experience. Like, I feel like my life experience is like, yay big, you know, like yeah. not at all. Really. Sh- yeah. It's um because. Or at we least were... things that you at least should have been doing in your teenage years. That's kind of weird that you're doing them now, but it's fine. Yeah. I don't know <laughs> if people my age normally dabble in the activities I dabble in, but it's okay. It's fine. It's fine. We're all fine here yeah and I think it'd be different if we knew that this is like what we wanted to do at this age but I think we don't know because we didn't get a chance to try it like 10 years ago when we should have been trying it it's why we're obsessed with teen shows and teen movies and stranger things all things stranger things it was such a good show I wouldn't say it's like necessarily a teen drama show because they are teenagers kids are they are now, but they weren't when it first started. I mean, they were like 11 and 12 year olds, which I don't. Well, I mean, like Steve and it, and those monsters um, and yeah. yeah, I don't know. But either way, either way, we're obsessed with teen shows. Okay. Okay. Yeah, like, are. okay. When I was a kid, we were allowed to watch Nickelodeon and I was obsessed yes. with any show that showed a high school or a middle school. Like, cause you didn't know what it was like. Uh, yeah. Like I wanted to know what that was all about. Mm-hmm. Um, Yeah. We deserved better, Molly. We did. You know, I, I think about that too. It's like the last podcast uh, I was a guest on, um, See You on the Other Side. And they mentioned that the amount of life experience I missed out on because I was a house church kid and I was homeschooled and I grew up overseas. So it's like, sometimes I'm just like, God damn. And then like growing up hyper-religious, you're kind of like, there's a parentification of the older children. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of had to take on like a parent role at the age of like 12, 13 years old. I was yep. very young to be in charge of your younger siblings. And it's like, you really don't get a childhood or like no. an adolescence. I wasn't allowed to be a teenager. So I'm like, yeah, they start really weighing you down with responsibilities and yeah. um, other things like that. When in reality, one, you have the like rest of your life for responsibilities. Like it's going to get, this is the only time in your life that you get to be this free and figure right. out stuff without much consequence and for them to just kind of take it away from you. And I, I know Christians aren't the only ones that do that. I know there's a lot of like strict, weird parents out there too. Also like um, if you were born impoverished, um, yeah, a lot or, of times the elder poverty. children end up taking care of the younger siblings because the parents are or, working or or having to or, go work and and help out with paying yeah. for household stuff too yeah so, yeah, so it's this not just it's not isolated to just christians but still. no it's not um we just see it more i think because of how the whole thing is training them up to be like wives and all that 
Yeah. But, but it's that's a whole funny. different topic. It is. <laughs> I will say one more thing. It's always funny to me though, that like the oldest girl that ends up taking care of all the younger ones wants to have an enormous family. And I'm like, why would you not want my that? sister? <laughs> no, I know that, but I'm just saying like, like I'm good the ones <laughs> that I knew that were very much burdened with that, like one yeah. of the shit ton of kids. And I was like, you're crazy. Yeah. And a lot of them do have a shit ton of kids. Uh-huh. Well, I don't know if it should okay so i would say people of like the millennial generation that i'm watching the max that they have at this point is like maybe three or four from like my social group um but i do know women who are not much older than me who are like on kid number seven and i'm like oh god Jesus. yeah at 28 well they're older than me they're like 35 but not that's not oh. much older than me it's like still, it's still in the same seven ge- kids by 35 still the same generation spent their life Wait, that was my mom children that was my mom she started having kids at 20 and didn't stop she stopped at 37 or 38 oh like elena elena was born at like in like 2001 in 2000 she was born in 2000 yeah so um yeah my mom was having kids from the 80s until the 2000s no thank you yeah it was like her whole married life she was birthing children and nursing them all of her precious youth yeah and and it's i mean again i don't want to like just people if that's what people really want to do i just i think it's hard to know that that's what you really want to do if you haven't experienced any life outside of that if that makes sense yeah she was really young they were both really young both my parents um good, good kids though you know good kids they just they wanted to give um their family a good life so they did what they could but they had a lot of children <laughs> and i love i love all my siblings dearly wouldn't be who i am without them <laughs> even the fucked yeah. up shit but like god damn seven kids it's a lot before you're 40 dude i'm almost very 30. homeschool christian of her I am almost 30 and I have a dog and that is overwhelming enough. In this economy. Yeah. In this economy. I can barely <laughs> afford the dog. I know. And in this pandemic time, it, the pandemic was a great time not to have a kid. So I know so many people who had kids during the pandemic. <sighs> no, I was like, oh man, if I was childless right now, this would be so much easier. Dude, you know, one weird thing about house church was like how everybody had so many kids. Yeah. Like everyone had, had a to lot refill of the seats of the house. <laughs> so many kids, dude. And then, like, mm-hmm. it was always funny when, like, one of the dads would play acoustic guitar and he'd have all three of his boys playing acoustic guitar behind him. We got pictures yes. like that. Yes. Yes. I do remember that <laughs> so well. <laughs> there was a yeah. lot of that. Yeah. They, they start training was, the boys to play house, acoustic guitar and worship. Uh huh. Yeah. So the there was rarely girls. Oh, there no, was no, no. rarely there girls. Was never girls. They girls played the piano. Well, Katie, so my sister Katie did play the guitar when we were in high school. She played the guitar in our house church there with my dad, but she hated it. Like oh, okay. there were Sundays where she did not want to. And, and he would like anyway. make her and she was so pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> and she'd be like, You're just lucky that he didn't pick you. And I'm like, he didn't pick me because you told me I suck at guitar. So at least he didn't tell you you suck. <laughs> That's true. Like, oh my gosh. Yeah, no. the girls only ever really played the piano in the, our house church. Yeah. Piano was for the girls. <laughs> I don't know. It, it was, was a weird good time. Good times. It was good weird. Times. I just remember all the freaking songbooks, piles of songbooks. We books. never had songbooks. They song eventually books. got a projector. We had that too. And put it on the wall behind us, and then someone would just kind of sit there and like change out the move, papers. Yeah, move no, move the computer. But yeah, before the computer thing, went do you remember? A long time ago. Okay, yeah, they so we had a that. worship song that was called the Purple Song because mm-hmm. back in the nineties, when my in my dad's very first house church, they had this old school projector and they had a worship song from the vineyard. I don't even remember the name of the song officially but it was on a piece of purple paper. And so mm-hmm. when they put it on the projector, it went up as purple. And so the kids nicknamed it the purple song. And nice. it was a super fun song that had like hand motions and stuff. 
It's like waves of mercy, waves of grace. It was like that song. I don't think it was that song, but it was like that song. Maybe it was Uh that song. I don't freaking know. It was the purple song. We loved it. It was our favorite. And um, it's funny because like then, you know, in the late 90s and 2000s, we had um, better technology. And so we made spiral notebook songbooks. And guess what? That song was still listed in there as the purple song. (laughs) Oh my God. Do you think so, whoever like put it together like knew that it wasn't called the purple song? I don't know, but it was really <laughs> funny because now the generation of kids that are growing up on this, because even though that house church didn't stay together as a house church, some of the families still hang out together and they will still burst out into song together and they will pull out the song books and play that song. And so, um, do you remember that story I told about how I had to wear a black t-shirt over my bikini and I was like mm-hmm. 21 years old and it was yeah. a 4th of July party and it was incredibly uncomfortable. So that party turned into a worship service because that was of our old house church. And all the little kids who were like born in the 2000s, the little Gen Zers were like, let's play the purple song. Let's play the purple song. Oh. And I, I was like, I just had a realization that none of these kids ever saw the purple projector. They yep. don't know why this song is called the Purple Song. <laughs> anyway, I mean, this yeah. is the weird shit that happens in house church. There's like entire generations of children it's, who are never going to know he wouldn't the name of this song. <laughs> I don't even know the name of the song. <laughs> oh, what is the name of the song? I'll never know. I don't know. Your love has captured me. Oh my God, this love, love, what can can it be? Yeah. What is the chorus of that song? I don't know. That's the the bridge though. It's like waves of mercy. (laughs) (laughs) What are you doing? It's like Egyptian. (laughs) Oh, we had Pharaoh, Pharaoh. Oh, baby, baby, let let my people people go. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was so bad, dude. The 90s. Like the the songs we had in house church were interesting. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember the fruits of the spirit song? Love, joy, peace, patience. I do. That wasn't a big one in like our house oh, church. Or... We went crazy. The kids would scream all of the fruits of the spirit at the top of their lungs and jump up and down like little psychopaths. Like we were yeah. raving to that song. Raving. Ah, <laughs> uh, the epitome of brainwashing. Man, we would scream it. Oh god, it was bad. Yeah. <laughs> I remember the my god is so big, so strong, and so mighty. So all in how good thing my god cannot do. do for you. <laughs> yeah. But it was like my god is or so big, so strong, and so mighty. There's nothing my god cannot do. And then we go. Yeah. Lots of hand motions happening. <laughs> yeah. Or... We did a lot of hand motions for house. Like, why was house church and hand motions so big? I don't know. That's just like the fuck. 90s vineyard. Like, let's just add body motions to everything we do. Mm-hmm. I don't know, because they're fun. Everyone was bored. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, us kids were. So, yeah, like, I love the songs of hand bored. motions. We could get up and move and dance. And we were, like, mm-hmm. allowed to do it when there was hand motions to a song. I wanted to do it all the time, but I wasn't allowed to. It was distracting to the youth. Did you have anyone in your house church? This is the last thing I'll say because I just thought of her. Bless her heart. Uh, <laughs> she was an older lady and we'd be in like this small, like two room area and she would always be in the back. And I don't remember if it was during worship or like the pastor just said something that really touched her. And she would just immediately like throw herself like bend at the waist like over like this and just scream yes like that oh always there was always someone who had some big ex- proclamation of like yeah it was like, like a weird like yeah I, it didn't seem it was weird it was almost like a like a little mini seizure she'd have because it was just <laughs> sort of like i was like you should not be Jesus. yeah it literally was like something like tourette's like a, li- a little tick or something and i was like wow just a really intense response to the holy spirit yeah she was touched Jesus touched me. <laughs> uh, put that on the list for like pervy things that we say about Jesus. Uh, Jesus touched me. Jesus. And then have a, we need to have like the doll where it's like, where did he touch you? It's like, Jesus touched yeah. me. <laughs> where did Jesus touch you? Be honest. 
was it here? Points to the heart. <laughs> was it in your heart? Did he penetrate your heart? Oh my! Mm. <laughs> not a, this not holy saint may his holy saint beams <laughs> penetrates my heart and soul. I am everything saved. Everything is so much creepier when you add an old timey fifties movie accent to it. Yes. <laughs> Jesus penetrated my heart. But good times, guys. And on that note, <laughs> we should be done because yeah. actually, that's all I really can remember as of now. There was a lot. House Church was, I blacked out for most of it. Yeah, a lot of it we have just tried to. There was always fun when people like me would try talking and then it was just like rabbit trail, but like in church. So they would just be rambling and there was no time limit. (laughs) At least we have a time limit. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. At least we don't uh, have all day podcast recordings. (laughs) Thank you all for listening to. um our podcast our little show thing that we show where we talk about house church and other weird things that happen tell us us what you think in the comment section yeah keep keep questions coming because we really like answering (laughs) them and yes last week was cool and um yeah also like i'm gonna be really careful not to keep accidentally posting to my personal facebook (laughs) Yeah, and I mean to post to the One Facebook group. You're gonna like do it, and it's not. It's, it's gonna, gonna be some heathen, yeah, it's gonna be heathenistic some things. Some heathen shit. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's pretty heathenistic already. But all right, love you guys. Over and out. Bye. Thanks for listening to Cheers to Leaving. Sound and editing by Cameron Smith. Please leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Please subscribe and share with your friends and others who are deconstructing. Are you looking for a safe space to deconstruct and be in community with others who are also in the same process? Join our Facebook support group. Just answer the questions when you request to join. Be a part of the conversation, meet like-minded individuals, and get some support. Find the link in our show notes or search for Cheers to Leaving support group on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram at Cheers to Leaving. Email us at cheerstoleaving at gmail.com with your stories about leaving evangelicalism. See you next week.